Thanks for tuning in to the Big Idea Show. I'm Michael Anderson, and we've got a great show for you today with Matthew Fienup. He is an economist and the director of economic research and forecasting at Cal Lutheran University. He is in studio. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowners insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. And we've got a great show for you today with Matthew Feenup. He's the executive director for the Center for Economic Research and Forecasting at California Lutheran University. He teaches courses in econometrics and environmental economics. He's also the chair of the Fox Canyon Water Market Group, serving as an exchange administrator for an innovative program here in Ventura County. We'll touch on that at the end of the interview. Matthew completed his doctorate in environmental economics at the Bren School of Environmental Science and Management from UC Santa Barbara. Matthew, it's a pleasure to have you in studio. Thank you for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So there's a lot going on. You guys have an event coming up, and I want to touch on that first. It's November the 8th. It's Thursday. And uh, California Lutheran University, specifically the Center for Economic Research and Forecasting, is having its 2018 Ventura County Economic Forecast. That's happening this Thursday, November 8th. It's at 11 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be at the Padre Sarah Center, and uh, you can get tickets. Tickets are still available. They can get them online to learn more information. The website, I'll give it to you now, is C-L-U-C-E-R-F.org. Go there to get more information. You can grab a ticket, but that will be the 2018 Ventura County Economic Forecast. So that's going to be a great event. I plan to attend, and I think it'll be definitely something to be at. It'll be great. So Yeah, yeah um, it's our biggest event of the year, and, and what's really exciting is we not only uh, present our quarterly U.S. and California forecast. We also present the results of our annual Ventura County forecast. And this year, we have some special announcements about really awesome policy initiatives that CLU is involved with here in the local community and farther afield. And you guys have won some awards in the past about the national forecasting. You do wonderful work over there. So that's going to be great. And we're going to touch on a few things today in this interview, things that you're seeing, things that you're forecasting. Maybe we can start from a broad perspective and tell us kind of what you're seeing as far as growth and, you know, how things, the tax reforms impacting things. I know you look at all of this. I'll just turn it over to you to start sharing some of what you're seeing. Well, let's start with the headline. So the big headline, not from the most recent quarter, but from two quarters ago was 4.1% economic growth. That was actually revised recently to 4.2%. That is the biggest economic growth number we've seen in about a decade. And so this is headline grabbing. Uh, 4.1 is a big number. You know, the average growth rate in the United States post-World War II is 3.5. And we've actually only been growing at 2% post-recession. So that's a big number. Now, the interesting thing. Uh, let me let me jump yeah. into that. That's for this. That's for the country? That's or, for the United States. That's yep. for the, okay. Yeah, so that growth is a big number. And, yeah, it's a big number. Now, what's interesting is that when you dig down, there's actually some signs that that number isn't as big as it first appears. First, there's just the structure of the data. It's a quarter-on-quarter number. It assumes that the economy is going to continue to grow for three more quarters at that rate. The year-on-year growth rate is actually just uh, just 3%, so substantially lower. We also see evidence that much of the surge or the apparent surge in economic activity, which produced that 4.1% number, is not an actual increase in economic activity. It's actually an acceleration of the timing of economic activity. A lot of U.S. exporters rushed to get products out to market before 
tariffs uh, hit in July, and the U.S. basically slammed the door on agricultural exports in July. And so uh, U.S. exporters rushed to get those things to market before those tariffs hit. And and actually, if it weren't for that increase in exports, growth would have only been 3% instead of 4 And you also tribute some of that growth to the tax reform? Yeah, well, and I should call out that, uh, again, so, so we actually think a 3% number um, is probably more appropriate for the current growth rate for the economy. Uh, that's not 4%, but it is, that's still in a significant improvement from the post-recession average growth rate we've endured. Uh, so we've been growing at 1.9 to 2%. That's truly anemic growth, uh, growth that stems from extraordinary monetary policy experimentation uh, that happened following the financial crisis, and then just crushing regulation of the private economy. And uh, some of that crushing environment was actually improved uh, with the corporate tax reforms that were passed at the end of last year. Uh, and so we have seen a significant upward revision in our forecast. We've seen an increase in economic activity resulting from corporate tax reform. And it's actually easy to see that evidence already, uh, even though we're just a year out uh, from those changes. So when you mention that and you talk about the tariffs and how people rush to get the exports before the tariffs hit, and so that gave a boost to the economy, that's, that stimulus helped give us the 4.1 number we're at. So obviously that will not sustain. That was a yep. one-time type thing. With the tax reform, do you think that will provide continued sustainable, you know, I guess, um, boost on the economy in that way? Is that yeah, helping yes. things? And what so, I can so early in the year, uh, before you know the news about new tariffs began to drop, there was a surge in business investment. And we really see that that produced much of the gains in economic activity. Uh, and investment and greater output, right, actually pays dividends uh, for years through compounding. And so, yeah, we do expect to see a, a, you know, a long-term effect. Now, I have to caution that we risk undoing all of the gains from corporate tax reform because of the meddling and in international trade policy that's happening. Uh, and just to give you a sense that the magnitude of that effect, the U.S. Department of Agriculture just released its uh, estimates for uh, the past year's farm income. And farm incomes across the United States are down 20%. And they are down in every region of the country and in every sector of the agricultural uh, economy. And so uh, the ag industry is already being harmed by, uh, by tariffs. Admittedly, that's a fairly small share of total economic output, but we treat ag as sort of the canary in the coal mine. They're the first industry to be impacted. And now we're hearing General Motors, Boeing, you know, major U.S. corporations talking about the effects to their revenue of tariffs uh, in the most recent revenue uh, reports. You know, I guess this is a difficult question, but with tariffs, if they pull those back mm-hmm. and they, they, they stop with, you know, the, this tariff idea, would we see, you know, or, or rather if, it, if they continue with that, you know, I, how, how does that impact things? Are you projecting what they might do or do you kind of just try and take what they've done and see what it's going to impact in the next yeah. quarter? Well, uh, again, so the bargain uh, that we're that that the administration is trying to sell us is that, look, yeah, there's going to be temporary pain, but this is all part of a sophisticated uh, negotiation that's happening. Uh, and that what will come out of this are trade terms that are favorable to the U.S. and will increase uh, total output. 
I am not buying it. Uh, in fact, I look at what happened to NAFTA, the renegotiation of the North American Free Trade Agreement. That The deal that was renegotiated is worse than the status quo. It harms uh, the U.S. auto industry. And so I don't have faith that what will come out of this is better. Uh, so we're feeling pain now, and I actually believe uh, that we're likely to see enduring pain as a result of what's happening. Just one more question on this. What do you say to the idea of the you know the, the fact that there's been a net you know a net i guess we're net consuming more than we are exporting and people will comment to that saying that's a big deal and i think he's yeah. trying to write that wrong and i'm not an economist so i don't know yeah. how wrong or right that is but yep. what what well so so there's this so there's two aspects to this number one it's a problem if we're consuming more than we're producing, right? If total economic output is less than consumption every year, because it means we're that's debt finance consumption, right? And we have to pay it back at some point. Now, what they talk about is um, net trade balances, right? And most people that um, talk about the U.S. trade deficit actually only talks about the current product account balance, right? And it's true, we export less than we import, right? But one of the things that we actually export is financial um, instruments, right? A lot of the money that's spent by U.S. customers on foreign goods comes right back to the country and is reinvested in the United States in U.S. Treasuries and other instruments, right? And actually, uh, when you consider those balances, trade is balanced, right? There's, it, it must be, otherwise uh, exchange rates would change and would actually alter the, the relative affordability of foreign imports. And so trade is in balance uh, when you consider the entire portfolio of things that are bought and sold across boundaries. The other piece is that the welfare of U.S. consumers is maximized when we exploit the competitive advantage of our trade partners, right? If they can do something less costly than we can, we can spend less on it, and then those financial resources, our own financial resources, can be redirected to other goods and services, and uh, U.S. productive capacity can be redeployed to do the things that we do best. I think that's well said. I appreciate that. And so there's a long tail to some of these. It's yeah. not just one data point that you can kind of analyze. There's yeah. going to be impacts from and, other data And, and I will say, obviously, what's difficult in a political environment is that there are definitely short-term winners and losers in all this. If you are if you're a UAW worker, if you are a steel manufacturer, right, you, you can suffer tremendous hardship as jobs and those sectors flow out of the United States. And so I think there's a really important role for policy to make sure that those people, the, the individuals who are displaced over time, are taken care of. You could provide those people with you know, a, uh, a lifetime living wage more cheaply than you could renegotiate all of these trade deals and try and bring that production back to the United States. We're talking with Matthew Fienup. He's the executive director for the Center for Economic Research and Forecasting at California Lutheran University. We've been talking about kind of the national growth rate and how that number, um, what that number currently is and is forecasted to be. But let's bring it to California now. Yeah. What are you seeing in California? Well, so the interesting story in California uh, is sort of a change of fortune uh, for the state economy. So for years and years and years, California's economy has grown more rapidly than the nation's. Obviously, there's a number of reasons why it should grow more rapidly. Uh, you think about the incredible climate that we have, the abundant natural resources. You think about the technological and creative legacies of Silicon Valley and Hollywood. 
right? Those are, uh, those are just unique assets that California has that should produce greater growth. Uh, we also have a really wonderful location with respect to foreign markets. You know, we have some of the biggest ports in the United States here on the California coast. We should grow more rapidly. But the reality is uh, that um, an anti-business climate, you know, crushing regulation of the private economy, onerous taxes, recently experimentation with labor market reforms, super minimum wage, overtime regulations. Um, a lot of this makes it extremely costly to do business in California, and households and businesses are leaving the state in search of more favorable environments. And as a result of that, we are actually seeing a convergence in the growth rates of California and the United States, whereas the United States has been accelerating uh, in economic growth, California has been slowing, and we're actually predicting that this year will be the very first year where the growth premium vanishes, uh, and the United States will actually grow at the same or slightly higher rate than California. Has that ever happened before? Uh, I mean, you, you can see this over uh, really short time frames. You know, like you might find a quarter or two following the tech bubble bursting or the housing bubble bursting where the US, where California temporarily performs more poorly than the U.S. Obviously, the housing crisis was felt much more strongly here, uh, but this sort of long-term trend um, is unprecedented. And there does see, I've had a number of close friends and neighbors move out of California. We did a show on it a number of weeks ago about how people are moving to Texas, Idaho, Oregon. And it, it seems like regularly I'm finding more people leaving. Yeah. And the numbers, you posted something, there were 138,000 more families. people left California for another state than came to California from another state. Yeah, and and understand that. Uh, so that's a that's a, a an indicator we call net domestic migration. That net domestic migration captures the relative economic opportunity. Relative opportunities greater somewhere else, people will flow uh, out of California, and that's what's happening uh, in large numbers. Uh, and in fact, that trend is accelerating in California. If that trend now we'll just maybe apply it a little bit. If that trend were to shift or change, or if there was a way to impact that, what do you think in the short term could impact that yeah. in a positive way? Well, so the two things that I think really matter are, first of all, uh, the cost of doing business and the cost of housing, right? So the cost of doing business affects firms. The cost of living here affects all of us, you know, the employees of the firms. Uh, and we need fundamental reforms that alter that uh, relative affordability. It needs to, we need to make it cheaper to do business and we need to make housing much more affordable. In the, in the case of the housing crisis, uh, that means building much, much, much more housing than we do. Right? We simply don't build enough, uh, and uh, the lack of supply is driving affordability to levels that push people out of the state. Now let's bring it down to Ventura County, and we're speaking with Matthew Fina, the Executive Director of the Center for Economic Research and Forecasting at California Lutheran University. They do have their event coming up. You can learn a lot more at this event. It is November the 8th, Thursday, and that is the 2018 Ventura County Economic Forecast event. It's from 11 to 2 at Padre Serra, and... Let's talk a little bit, if you can give us some teasers and maybe yeah. a few tidbits about Ventura County. Let's go there. Well, so first of all, uh, 2017 was a year that as economists in Ventura County, we will never forget. Uh, and because of what happened in 2017, we've really been holding our breath this year to see what the new economic numbers held. So, so the two things that were just punches to the gut uh, to us as residents of the county and as economists who, who, who track economic activity here were the Thomas Fire in December. 
And if it weren't for the Thomas fire, the biggest news story of the year actually would have been the Commerce Department's annual GDP data release for Ventura County, which happened just a couple months before the Thomas fire. Uh, In September 2017, we learned that according to the Commerce Department, Ventura County's economy shrank by 3%. We were forecasting 1.8% growth. That was a forecast that was literally labeled grim uh, by the Ventura County Star, uh, and yet our forecast proved overwhelmingly wildly optimistic, uh, and the number came in much lower. You layer on top of that, so so that economic contraction was driven by declines in non-durable manufacturing. People may find it surprising to, to learn that Ventura County is still a manufacturing region. Durable and non-durable goods manufacturing accounts for 23% of total economic output in the county, uh, and a decline of more than a billion dollars uh, in 2016 in non-durable manufacturing was driving that three percent, that negative three percent growth number. Now, uh, what we're hearing from local businesses is that um, the housing affordability crisis uh, is the single biggest limitation on their ability to do business here. They can't attract and retain skilled labor uh, because housing affordability is so much more favorable elsewhere, right? So they're competing across the United States for skilled labor, and the cost of living makes it almost impossible to attract and retain talent. Uh, And so there's an important link between uh, the county's economic performance and the housing issue. And so now you layer on top of that the, um, the Thomas Fire. Now the Thomas Fire just devastated the life of families throughout Ventura County uh, you know, who saw their homes, all their belongings destroyed. It also impacted the housing stock, you know, destroying a thousand homes, uh, which actually contr- contributes to the very thing that's driving uh, economic challenges in Ventura County. And so the, together those two were, were just very, very, very um, unforgettable. Uh, uh, and so throughout 2017, we've been watching the numbers carefully. That original Commerce Department number we knew would get revised a year later. So there's an initial estimate. It gets revised a year later. And fortunately, the revision that came back uh, in September of this year moved that number closer to zero. Mm. The Commerce Department still reports that Ventura County's economy shrank in 2016, but it only shrank by about one percentage point rather than three. Mm. So th- we're grateful that, uh, uh, that that's the situation. Unfortunately, with that data release, the Commerce Department also indicated their initial estimate for Ventura County's 2017 growth number, uh, and that number was also negative. They estimate that if uh, non-farm GDP shrank by 0.6%. So it's 1% in 2016. 0.6% in 2017. And together, the last four years have an average growth rate of 0.0%. So those are the four worst years uh, for which we have economic data on Ventura County. Uh, we're actually forecasting uh, for the current year, 2018, 0% growth. And so together, that represents five consecutive years with an average growth rate of zero. This is almost unthinkable uh, for Ventura County. And it means that we really need fundamental changes to local policymaking um, in order to first retain the economic activity that we have here and to attract uh, more economic activity. Those are some staggering numbers, and to think that it will be 0% growth is uh, a scary in many ways. But housing, you mentioned, and you attribute a lot of that to housing. 
Um, now, in that, would you do you think that is one of the biggest or the biggest? Yeah. So, so we trust local employers when they tell us uh, um, what it is that makes it difficult to do business. Uh, Basida had their business outlook conference uh, the first week of October uh, in Thousand Oaks, and at that business outlook conference, they actually featured leaders from the three largest manufacturing firms uh, in Ventura County, and all three of them agreed that um, the inability to attract and retain talent driven by the housing affordability crisis is the single biggest constraint on doing business in Ventura County. Well, there you have it. Very fascinating information from Matthew Finup, Executive Director of the Center for Economic Research and Forecasting at California Lutheran University. Now, before we let you go and before we close, I do want to talk about water because you have an important role in water um, here. And uh, that is something the whole nation is looking yeah. at and is an important yeah. thing. So tell us about that and what that well, is. Well, actually, if I can try and create a segue from That'd our talk great. about the economy. So these are unprecedented economic times in Ventura County. The outlook is not good. This is a weak economy, um, and fundamental change is needed. Fundamental change is possible. So even since last year's data release, you know, we've seen a wake-up call across the county. Um, the city of Thousand Oaks has engaged in some really progressive, forward-looking policies related to housing to, to um, facilitate infill development along Thousand Oaks Boulevard and the 101. That is fantastic work that is already paying dividends for the region. I'm involved in a project uh, here related to water in Ventura County that indicates to me that the sky is the limit. Fundamental change is really possible and that there's innovative collaborations happening already in this county, um, which really um, give me uh, optimism about the long-term outlook. Uh, so Ventura County right now, uh, Fox Canyon Groundwater Management Agency, which manages groundwater for the cities of uh, Oxnard, Camarillo, and Ventura, and 55,000 acres of prime agricultural land, uh, is engaged in a truly um, unique pilot uh, where they are testing policies uh, and regulations related to groundwater that no one else is doing anywhere. Uh, one of those is that um, they are requiring uh, universal telemetric monitoring of groundwater extraction. So we have groundwater wells that are metered and uh, the local groundwater regulator is requiring uh, hardware that reads those meters in real time, broadcasts pumping data to the cloud, uh, and this represents the highest level of groundwater monitoring you will find anywhere in the United States. Now, what's remarkable is it was actually the growers that proposed to the regulator that they employ that degree of monitoring. Now, you might ask, why on earth would farmers ask for the highest level of over regulatory oversight? And that's to support and another initiative the growers began, which is um, the creation of a groundwater market. Uh, and so um, growers have advocated for and helped set up a uh, cap-and-trade system for groundwater in Ventura County where we cap total extraction at a sustainable level, and then we give them flexibility by allowing them to buy and sell water. If they need a little extra water to finish a crop, they can buy it. If they can implement some water-saving technology, they can monetize that investment by selling unused water. Uh, and, uh, and, and the uh, requirement of electronic monitoring is to support implementation of the water market. Uh, the other aspect of this that's truly innovative is that the Fox Canyon water market pilot uh, is an outgrowth of a partnership between farmers and environmentalists. So the Nature Conservancy was one of the biggest supporters of the water market effort here. They worked with growers for seven months on the design of the water market. Uh, the cities of Ventura and Camarillo worked with farmers as well in that initiative. Together, they produced a recommendation for uh, 
uh, how the market would work that were unanimously approved by the group. Uh, and then the Nature Conservancy secured a uh, $1.9 million conservation innovation grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture that will actually fund the expansion of the local water market and also uh, fund an effort to use Ventura County as a template that can be used to inform policy in basins all over the state of California. Um, so that's to say we're getting attention from as far away as Washington, D.C. for the innovative work that's being done in the area of groundwater management. Um, you know, my hat is off to, to growers, to the Nature Conservancy, to the local groundwater regulators, to the cities, uh, because the partnership that you see here um, is, 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 um, is just awesome. Uh, and again, it's so remarkable um, that it's drawing the attention of people around the country. Well, Matthew, thank you for your time today. This has been Matthew Fienup, the Executive Director from the Center of Economic Research and Forecasting at California Lutheran University. And they have their big event, the 2018 Ventura County Economic Forecast, coming up Thursday, November 8th. Get your tickets. That'll be at 11 a.m. at the Padre Serra Center. The website to grab information and tickets on that is C-L-U-C-E-R-F.org. Matthew, thanks again for your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's show brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation and community. We help keep California moving forward and also sponsored by Geico Local Office. Contact Greg Mock to learn more about Geico Local Office. If you have questions about the show or questions about your financial matters, you can always contact me directly. The website Marinantha.com. That's M-A-R-A-N-A-N-T-H-A.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week and join us again next time. Hi, this is Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. I've dedicated the past 12 years to researching different investment ideas. There are no guarantees when investing, but with a little help, you can find the right approach. I have built AllocationLink.com specifically for you. AllocationLink.com is investment management made simple, smart, and low cost. AllocationLink.com can have your account set up in less than 10 minutes. Please visit AllocationLink.com to learn more. Or you can leave me a message at 805-665-3767. Do you ever question if your investments are right for you? Do you own any annuities, retirement accounts, or have other money you want help with? Have you ever wondered what your advisor is making or how they get paid? Get a free second opinion. Talk with Michael Anderson, Certified Financial Planner. Call his answering service today, 805-665-3767. Leave a message and get a call back immediately, 805-665-3767.